You're listening to Around Comics, episode 268, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and C2E2. From Chicago, this is Around Comics, the comic culture podcast, where each week a revolving panel of guests talk about everything in and around the world of comic books and comics culture. And Around Comics is recorded at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you are in the area, you should certainly drop by. Hey there, folks. Christopher Neesman here. Let me get you introduced to this week's panel. Uh, First of all, you know him as the voice of Word Balloon. He is uh, our good buddy, Mr. John Suntress. Hello, Chris. Hello, John. How are you? Good You're to see you. You're videotaping me again. <laughs> well, we're during the introduction. You know, we're 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 dwindling down, so we've got to capture these oh, last final it's, moments. It's the around comics time capsule. <laughs> it's, it's for posterity. We're gonna, Absolutely. We're going to take your droid phone there and throw it into a time capsule. It's a BlackBerry, sir. Oh, okay. <laughs> I say that with minority yeah. pride oh, as the least functional of these smartphones. <laughs> wow, we have exactly ten thousand applications as opposed to the hundred thousand of Apple and sixty-two thousand of droid phones. Early adopter. I know I fucked up. <laughs> I fucked up. Like I said. Our, our next, our next guest uh, is uh, a returning guest, but not returning enough. And you, pro- you promised me you were coming by, and but you I came through on your, you came through on your promise. Uh, it is it the, only took like a year. <laughs> it is the incredibly talented Miss Jenny Frizen. Yay! Wave! Jenny, how you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah, really, what the hell am I doing taking shots at Chris for Christ's sake? Yeah, really. Taking a shot at the pretty person, exactly. Boy, I'm never the pretty one at the table, especially tonight. Especially tonight. But, Kyle, you're very pretty. He's a manly man. Yikes. (laughs) Our our other guest tonight, uh, also an incredibly talented artist, also a returning guest to the show, Mr. Kyle Dice. Thank you, sir. It's good to be here. It is good to have you. And I brought Jenny tonight. Yeah, it happened. Nice. It's true. <laughs> I had to make it happen. There you go. It's like you're like I'm not going alone. Come with me. Period. All right. Uh, before we jump in here with uh, lots of good comics and comics culture talk, I want to remind everyone that this episode of Around Comics is brought to you by InStockTrades.com. We're waiting for the trade has never been easier. InStockTrades.com is your source for trade paperbacks, deluxe hardcovers, essentials. Uh, showcases, omnibus editions, absolute editions, and more, all at great discounted prices. And remember that all orders over $50 do, in fact, ship for free, including our book club selection. It's the last Around Comics book club. <laughs> Moment of silence. Um, but it is it is one of my uh, true guilty pleasures hit from monkey, my childhood. Right? It is not Hit Monkey. Damn. <laughs> it I is, thought for sure it'd be Hit Monkey. It is the, the Alien Legion Omnibus oh, Volume 1. Which, that's uh, good. The awesome collection from Dark Horse. Is that Chuck uh, writing that? No, that is um, uh, Carl, Carl Potts. Cool. Um, it's oh, I'm trying to think of all the people involved, and it was a, it was a long list of folks. We should grab it's, it's up there. It's a, it's That's a big, awesome. It's a big old big old list of people. All right, I, you, um, you had me at Carl Potts. You know, it, it's one of those. It's funny because I don't have like this deep ingrained recollection of who wrote or drew it because it I I loved it. At an age when I didn't care sure. who the writer or who sure. the artist was, it was just awesome stories. So it doesn't resonate with me as much as like uh, Burn Claremont X Men. Okay. But, but it's fantastic, uh, fantastic first omnibus, and they just announced the second omnibus uh, will be coming out. I think 
in May. Um, but uh, but the first one is available in stock trades for 45% off the very cool. price. All right, there you go. Um, well, um, good friends, thank you for joining us in our, our march to the end, our, our march to the sea of Around Comics. Uh, it's the baton death march of podcasts. The baton death march of comic <laughs> podcast. Uh, which reminds me, um, we, we had not uh, had a set schedule on what our, our last recording dates are going to be. Uh, obviously tonight, our next recording will be Friday, March 5th. And okay. then two weeks after that, Friday, March 19th, will be our last recording here in Dark Tower. So if you're in the Chicago area and you want to you want to take in one of the last recordings, those are those are the dates. And uh, we record uh, on those Fridays at 7:30. So very cool. All right, there you go. All right. Um, well, hey, let's let's talk about some comics. Sounds good. Excellent, yeah. man. And then I know we've got some. <laughs> I know we've got some big DC news that we're going to jump into a little bit, a little bit later. But uh, it has been it's been a great month for comic books, and we actually haven't talked about single issues here for a little bit. So I wanted to bring a couple to uh, your all's attention. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in uh, with one I've been harping on. Uh, if you're listening to the iFanboy Don't Miss podcast, uh, I had a nice talk with Sterling Gates and Jamal Eigel uh, a couple weeks ago about Supergirl number fifty, and boy. Did they deliver it was a lot of fun it was a great inter- a great issue and also a very good interview and well thank you i appreciate you good, that, good that well, it's easy whenever you have whenever you have guys like that to talk to uh supergirl 50 came out it was their uh, their big milestone issue it had kind of a hefty cover price of 4.99 but it was uh 40 pages uh chock full of good story and great art there's even uh, in the in the backup story was co-written by helen slater the real life supergirl uh, uh, Real life film Supergirl <laughs> and uh, um, Jake Black, who you you may not you may not know the name, but if you if you buy the Eagle Moss lead statues, he's the guy that writes I guess the majority of the magazines that come with the Eagle Moss statues, which are great really? character bios. If you want to know the history of Bizarro. Go and get the Eagle Moss figure, I do want that. and 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 then you get the magazine, which has the entire history and you know who the characters that are tied to him. So so Jake Black uh, wrote that uh, wrote that backup uh, with art by Cliff Chang. Which hey, come on, Cliff yeah. Chang. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil this mightily. I'll just say that if you are not reading Supergirl, uh, you're missing out because in my opinion, it and, and you guys, it takes a lot for me to say this because of how big a Greg Rucka fan I am, and I really. And liking the stuff that he's doing in action, this is my favorite Superman family title right now. Supergirl is, Supergirl is really good. Right is now. Fifty a good issue to jump in on? You know, you can. Um, it, it's it's one of those either go back and read the the last you know forty issues of the world gotcha. of New Krypton stuff to get really um, really into it. Yeah. But it is written in such a way that you can jump into this and you'll get the story pretty quickly. Okay. And and there are just great moments in it. You want to s- check it out? Yeah. Another another neat thing is that uh, it has a uh, Michael Turner cover. Mm, I was, that's what I was looking at. Uh, great story, and if you would listen to this on the on the Don't Miss show, uh, uh, I guess Sterling Sterling Gates, the writer of the series, had gone to his editors and asked if there was any unpublished Michael Turner work that that they could use in this issue because Michael Turner was really instrumental in bringing the character back, you know, in Batman Superman, yeah. and so I guess uh, his editors went to Dan DiDio and 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 asked that question. And he's like, well, I've got this, and he and he pulled literally pulled a framed piece of art that Michael Turner had done and given uh, Didio as a gift and said, well, I have this. 
if we clear it with the uh, the Turner Estate, uh, uh, you know, we could, you know, I, I'm sure that we could use this. And so the cover for Supergirl 50 was actually a gift that Michael Turner had had given That's to cool. Dan DiDio. That's very, really nice. Very neat story. The uh, the great thing about I think the Supergirl team, the current Supergirl team, is that uh, it finally brought some clarity to the character. And I think uh, after a lot of misfires when this series began, because of different creative changes and editorial decisions of where they wanted to take the Superman books in general, there were just a lot of misfires. It, I mean, it just seemed like it could never get its footing. No, the yeah. other than really when Jeff Loeb and Mike Turner did the Superman Batman story representing uh, Kara uh, back mm-hmm. properly to the current continuity. It's like seven years ago. Was it that it's long? Like seven years ago, man. Wow. Because, Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I mean, that was uh, the last time that it, it kind of made sense. You know, uh, Loeb started on the book, had to go because he left DC. Mm-hmm. Rucka started on the book. They decided that Rucka had too many books, and they took it away from him. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, and, and it I, really I, was I, a hot I, potato I think of a book he, for I a think he time. gladly surrendered. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, and I, and I know you've commented on another book like that, uh, Brave and Bold, where finally mm-hmm. things settled down. You've got a quality team on there. Straczynski's writing great stories, yep. and there's clarity of the book, and you can now, after all, these misfires, you're back to a, a semblance of, of normalcy on the book, and obviously the same uh, goes for Supergirl. And really, I know both of these guys, uh, Sterling and Jamal, they love doing it. They love Supergirl. They oh. love Lana Lang. She's a big player in this book, which is great. And uh, no, they, I I think it is a very good story that they've been following during the world of New Krypton. I haven't had the problems that I've heard some of you guys uh, have on the other podcasts that you were on. 11 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, I, I think it's been a very sprawling, interesting story. I think mm-hmm. they've taken the whole Superman family into a very interesting status quo that we all knew would wrap up soon. And, you know, this war of the Superman is coming. You know, it's been on the wall ever since 100,000, you know, Kandorians yeah. suddenly became full size and had the powers of Superman. Well, I think so. what you have with, with the Superman family of books is what you run into with a, with a lot of, I, I don't want to say company-wide events, but family-wide events where it's it's this, this relay toss and it has to be very synchronized and it's like, okay, well, this story in this, in, in this title is lagging behind by two issues. Well... Okay, now we need to spread this one out for a have, couple issues. Have we had that kind of lateness inconsistency where things kind of drag? It, it's, it's not not really lateness. I think it's a matter of of getting um, the the synchronicity. You know, it's like where okay. where where the handoffs need to be at the at the right time. So I think that looking at this is like okay. Well, this story isn't going to wrap up for you know for six months, and so I guess we're going to have to stretch this one a little bit. And that's been the criticism on on the world of New Krypton stuff uh, or the New Krypton because World was mm-hmm. its own title. Is that there has been a little bit of padding in it in some stories that have that have um, probably drug on an issue or two long. I've enjoyed all of it. Well, yeah, yeah. I and mean, I was going to say, I, I honestly, I just didn't feel that way. I think mm-hmm. in the Superman book, and I can appreciate the complaint that you know Monel is the. Uh, Lead in in Superman, even though the title is Superman, but I have no problem with that. And you got Nightwing and Flybird in uh, in action, and you've got uh, Superman World of New Krypton mm-hmm. in in that in that book, uh, and then Supergirl. I think the Superman World of New Krypton story has been great, and and I haven't felt that lag that I heard some other people complain about. I think it's they're really fleshing the world out and explaining how the world works when it comes yeah. to their form of government, how they conduct a murder mystery. Uh, you know, I mean, how the military works, how the uh, slave caste works and everything, the worker caste. Um, I think it's, I, I really think they've fleshed this world mm-hmm. out. And also, it's going to be interesting because everyone is expecting this, you know, end of uh, the war of the Superman that's coming. 
And I hope they don't end with a typical kind of reset button status quo. I, I, I just think, think, I think it's kind of cool having, you know, 100,000 Kryptonians running around out there. And what was so out of fashion when Byrne took over Superman back in 85 and that there was too much, you know, continuity and too many, you know, too many Kryptonians and, you know, you had to know about Van Z and, and all the other, like, Kandorians as much as you had to know about what was going on mm -hmm. with Superman itself. I welcome all that stuff back. Yeah. I think, it, you know, after 25 years... It's it's fine to bring all that stuff back, bring out all the toys. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And, as, as long as long as it's introduced well, and I think that James Robinson is very good at yeah. doing that. You know, and and what's frustrating, and I don't mean to be negative, but as as clear of a vision that James and Rucka and Sterling and these guys that are running Superman have for the Superman books, man, I am telling you, two issues into Justice League, it is driving me crazy because <laughs> yeah. I want to like this new team, I want to get excited, I, I've. You know, read the first two issues. I've got the current issue in front of me here, forty-two, and it's better than. Uh, Don't overthink it. Just well, make it a Justice League book. It, you know, I I have to kind of agree though. From a layout standpoint, it was a little frustrating. Where it's it's not even the usual thing that I think guys like Bendis introduced in Powers, where you're going across you know a double page and reading you know horizontally, and that both pages are really one big page and yeah. it's kind of a widescreen kind of presentation yeah. it's it's quasi and i even want to like get to it to even like explain <laughs> we, we, we've talked about it in world of new krypton i've been reading comic books for 25 years whenever i have trouble following a page layout there's an issue you need arrows. I, I'm, I'm, I'm old hat at this <laughs> you literally need arrows to mm -hmm. kind of understand i mean it's like <laughs> i was i was reading it, some old like 70s legion comics they had arrows and there it was i loved it i don't know if this is page <laughs> seven or eight but you start mm -hmm. off up on the top you go to the the other, you know, the left. You start on the left page, and it's that first big giant panel, and then you go to the top of the right page that's, you know, open as well. But it's literally only the first row of the right page, and then you go down again, and it's like, yeah, and and it's like, put some goddamn arrows in there, would you please? <laughs> I'm sorry, and I love Mark Bagley. He's a wonderful artist. Everything looks good. There are tons of really cool cameos uh, from uh, great old DC characters, and I won't tip it for people who maybe haven't read it yet. And I want to like this story, and I do think it's an improvement from the same malaise that I think uh, people were saying about the Superman books. I think mm -hmm. you can say about how they were treating the dust, uh, Justice League during Blackest Night. But um, things are better. I, I, I think that you know they, they just need to well, let's go, man. A, 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 let's a, go. As much as I'm known to, to kind of rail on uh, on Bendis from time to time, and I <laughs> do you really? It, do, I, I do, but what what needs to happen with Justice League is what happened with the Avengers in in Marvel. They need to make that the centerpiece book of the universe again. And I and I think once the big three are back in the regular universe, they will. But I mean, right now, you know, you got Bruce traveling through time, and you've got Clark dealing with New Krypton, and Wonder Woman is, you know. I don't know what the hell Wonder Woman is really. I mean, it's weird because in, yeah. in her book, she's fine. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, oh, yeah, Gail's doing fine. great with it. Yeah, well, you know, you're a Wonder Woman Jenny, fan. You, exactly. Yeah. All right, how is Wonder Woman these days? Uh, I love Gail. <laughs> I do. I love her. I think she's great. Um, well, actually, I guess I'm a little. It's. I just realized as we're talking here, I'm like, I haven't really read any comics for a month. Um, I didn't go next. That's okay. Next. No, but no. I didn't go buy my new comics this week. Um, but I just think it's funny that, you know, I don't think that, I'm not positive this is correct or not, but I don't think it's lining up with the Blackest Night and she's a um, 
what is it, Sapphire, Sapphire yeah, Lantern? Yeah. Right, um, right. And then in in the regular Wonder Woman series, she's fine. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I th- they're letting they're letting Gail tell her own story in her. I have no problem with that. And so they're, they're, and, yeah. we'll just be like, well, this happened later. Hey, or and earlier. And too. Superman's a Black Lantern yeah. in in Blackest Night, but he's still running around on New Krypton. On New Krypton. Yeah. 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 And that's okay. Do yeah. you did you read uh, Blackest Night Wonder Woman because Rucka was writing it, and, uh, I, and I think Rucka is a very oh, good Wonder Woman. Nicholas Nicholas. Yeah, she's fantastic. Oh my god. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. Um, yeah, I have read. I think is it a four issue miniseries? Three, it's three, three. Okay, then I read it. Yeah, you know, and I thought it was really fun. And again, I I, I love what Gail does with Wonder Woman, but I also think Greg is uh, an excellent. Honestly, I think Heinberg too. I honestly believe that really in the last ten years we've had excellent people writing Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. and there was again good clarity to the character, mm-hmm. and you know people are showing different shades ah. of the character, but a, but great stories. Unfortunately, Alan was you know busy with Grey's Anatomy, so things got late. <laughs> And, uh, you know, Greg Greg got, you know, bit in the ass, I guess, because, uh, you know, he just, they had art changes and things like that. But I really loved what he did with the with the book before Alan, I'm, too. I'm, re- I'm, for the first time, I'm, because, re- I'm sorry, Jenny, but no, Wonder, no. One, Wonder Woman has never really intrigued me as a character really? very much. But I'm, I'm, I'm now. Don't leave. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm now. <laughs> I'm now she looks so pissed off. I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> I heard the point in really. Flip the table over. Oh, I almost did, though. <laughs> like, Damn. Do a Jake LaMotta, would you? Excellent. <laughs> Jenny's getting pissed. Uh, no, I'm actually going back and reading uh, Greg's run in trade, and I'm enjoying it a lot. The whole, the whole Gorgon um, uh, arc with, you know, bringing Medusa back mm-hmm. was very good. Rags, unbelievable art. Rags Morales, mm-hmm. who I'm really looking forward to. Uh, Doing the uh, first wave stuff coming up, all the Paul Perros coming back. Oh, yeah. That's going to be good. Yeah. Kyle, what are you reading? Mr. Bice. What am I reading? Um, you know, the the one thing I wanted to bring up, and it's an older book that <clears throat> I just read in trade, um, was Winterman. Mm, awesome. I think the trade came out what, a month or two ago. A couple months ago, yeah, man. Um, Great stuff. I had to read it twice to figure out if I liked it. It's like I think I, I think I liked that. You know, that was it was one well, thing. it's confusing as hell. It, it is, is, but it's a beautiful book, and that it's you know, beautiful books. I think kind of erase well, a lot of uh, Jose, writing problems. Jose Leon, John uh, Paul, John Paul Leon. Yeah, you made um, him international. It's all right. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jose Leon. Sure. He, he was a director. He sounds foreign. Yeah. 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 He's in Mexico. <laughs> he did. He did westerns. No. But yeah, it was. Um, you know, I I read the singles when they came out, and they came out so sporadically yeah. that it was it was difficult uh, to keep track yeah. of. And, and number changes. It was six of eight, and then, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm or it was Kyle one. Who wrote it. Uh, you and know yeah, what? I looked at it right before I came, and I I couldn't remember the guy's okay. name. Um, it's, I'll I'll go grab it later and yeah, yeah, look it's it up. The one that I. Uh, come to mind you know, but at any time Leon is doing a book I mean it's like yeah wow. yeah and it was I had heard um I'd heard on another podcast um from Leon himself said that they had some issues I think with the writer about that is that series not coming to completion interesting and it ended up ending earlier than it should have yeah because it was originally an eight issue and then it ended up being a six issue. yeah yeah and it took like that. a year and a half I remember it wasn't that long ago it wrapped mm-hmm. up I remember talking to fraction like Three and a half years ago, and him saying, "This is a really good book. Check it out." Yeah, it's <laughs> it an amazing book. Describe it because I, I, it's it's sort of a noir, um, cold war. It takes place in Russia and in America, but with mostly the in Russia. Johnny Brasco. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's Corky Park actually. I was yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's yeah a spy thriller. It's a noir. It's crime. Um, little red sun Superman sprinkled in there. Yeah, yeah. A little <laughs> bit of a little bit of superhero in there. And it's and, uh, and Peter Milligan's uh, Soviet uh, Superman kind of uh, story. I felt a little kinship to too, and I can't okay. remember the name yeah. of that right now. 
Um, but yeah, amazing story, amazing art, funny, just, funny, funny moments in it. I oh mean, yeah, great, in, in, in great like, comedy. In this, like a it, Pulp Fiction meets Butch, it's all mashup. It's like Pulp Fiction meets Butch Cassidy and the Sundance yeah. Kid. And it's definitely one of those books. I, everybody says this about probably every book out there, but you could see this as a movie or possibly an HBO Clearly. series. Like it's got that feel to it. Mm-hmm. It, it gets confusing because they they change location, you know, locales a lot. They they end up in New York and then back in Russia, and there's a lot of you know time flashbacks mm-hmm. and and really in depth uh, relationships for these people that are all part of this shut down, you know, Russian more kind of like a super soldier program. Yeah, 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 I think so. And yeah. that's why I was thinking of that Peter Milligan uh, Wildstorm or Vertigo series. I think maybe it was I think it was Vertigo. Just from a year or two ago, C.P. Smith, I, I want to say, was the artist. I'm not sure. Oh, I can't oh, remember the, oh. name. the company or something like that. The com- uh, the program. The program. Thank oh you. yeah, I didn't. I didn't exactly. read that. I remember looking yeah. at it, but no. Yeah. As soon as Which I started reading that, it made me feel. I'm like, oh, this is like Winterman in a very good way. Yeah, yeah. I, I do remember that. Yeah, that's. It looks a lot like that, and it kind of reads like it too. <laughs> I had a problem because I was reading Winterman and Luna Park at the same time <laughs> and got really confused. It's like, wait, what book was that in? Drawing what? <laughs> the Rus- Russian gangster book. Really dark. Very. dark. Dark, right? yeah. And, yeah, and, and the, the art is not that different. Uh, no, no, yeah. it's pretty close. Yeah, Luna Park is very good. So it was, uh, God, it was, I, had, I was doing like either reading or watching all of this Russian stuff, and yeah, it was, it was, yeah, I was having to. Were you watching uh, what's his face, Vigo Mortensen's uh, movie as well? You know, I thought of that when I, I was at uh, Half Price Books today looking for oh, stuff. Eastern Promises. Yeah, Eastern and I walked and I saw that on the shelf. It was like five bucks. I was Great like, oh, movie. I should buy this. Have you, have you awesome seen movie. that, Jenny? Mm-mm. Awesome. Oh, Good crime He's, movie. What is it? Eastern Promises. Okay. It's uh, Viggo Mortensen and Naomi Watts. And Armin Mule, whatever his name is, three men, three name man. He was the father in Shine. Okay. And, so, uh, uh, the movie famous for the naked fight scene in the bathhouse. Yeah. Yes. With Viggo. And you see Viggo's Giger. junk. Yikes. Brutal knife fight in a Russian bathhouse, and it's just like it, it, I, here I am. I'm sounding like centrist, I keep name dropping. Um, I had talked to Greg about uh, yeah, you got me beat this episode. I know, I know, I'm all over the place, but Gre- Greg was talking about knife fights, and and, and you know as he does, well, yeah, it's, uh, we, were ta- we were talking time. about choreographed knife fights in movies, and he's just like, those they're. Those do not happen. There are not choreographed knife fights. Knife fights are are these you know brutal, just try and try and survive um, fights. And and Eastern Promises. As soon as I saw that, I was like, that's what he's talking yeah. about because it is brutal. And there is nothing. There is nothing dancey about this knife fight. It and is, there's a package. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's <laughs> nakedness, sweaty nakedness. Have. And it's it's really in a lot of ways like The Godfather is for an Italian mob family film. So this is a Russian mob family really? film. I mean, yeah. it really, yeah. It's you get the hierarchy and the you know the Fredo like kind of goof off son. Uh, but it's it's great. It's it's very very cool. <laughs> I tell you, I t- I, this is okay. Although this, a little uglier people than people probably, probably don't want to know this. I went to a Russian bathhouse uh, about uh, about a month and a half ago. Beat the Chicago, beat the Chicago winners. <laughs> the hell is he doing here? Get that. out of here, Yankee! It is kind of like that, but not really. And Marta text texted me whenever I was leaving, and she's like, "Did you see anyone with stars on their knees?" <laughs> and if you and if you've seen Eastern Promises, you know that you know, they made ta- 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 tattoos are a big are a big part of, of well gangs in general, but like Russian gangs. Um, 
they put they tattoo stars on their knees because they kneel before no one and they're the stars stars on their you know on their on their chest you know means that they're a certain level in in the it's crazy but watch eastern promises Woody Woodpecker Woody Woodpecker makes something incredibly different uh, in the Russian mob hierarchy as well if you've got that tattoo <laughs> it, uh, it's a Woody. It's a Woody. Chris, Never mind. Did you go to the, the bathhouse over off the Blue Line, the old rundown yeah. one? No, yeah, no, I, no, I passed that on my so way. That's, home that's a all Turkish the time. one. I've actually been in that one. The, uh, there's, okay, sorry. There's a real. There's <laughs> a real. There's Have a you really, ever seen any Gladiator movies? Too? <laughs> there's a really oh good God. Russian bathhouse on Cicero, just north of Addison. Welcome to a round bathhouse. As long as it's not in Boys Town. It's not in Boys Town. If you go there, you're probably the only person. No, no, no. <laughs> the bathhouse over there has a reputation. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the one, now, Jenny. Yes, sir. You said you haven't been reading anything in, in the oh. last month or so, but uh, it, what was uh, the last thing that, that you did read? That uh, um, I have yeah. said this before, and I will say it <laughs> every day of my life. Uh, Batwoman Detective Comics is amazing. Is oh, yeah. amazing. J. H. Williams the third is mm, yeah. just fantastic. Um and I really liked his work on Promethea. I'm sorry. Oh absolutely. There you go. I keep pushing myself away from the microphone. Um I loved his work on Promethea. I think that he is really good at using um every different thing that is available that comics makes available um, in terms of art and storytelling and he just does it all to be as good as he is in every different style that he does is i mean that's the thing i mean Um, it's it's one thing to experiment but to be proficient in all those styles that's incredible i just i think that there are so many different things about comics um different ways that the material can be experienced that is not available in any other medium or it is but um not all together like it is with comics, you know, the, the way with words and pictures and, you know, being able to manipulate um, panel and pacing and color and storytelling. And I think that J.H. Williams does an amazing job of um, manipulating so many different things that are available specifically with comic medium that I, it just blows my mind the way that he could tell, um, the way that he changed, you know, the panel sizes and, you know, uh, the design that he did with the gutters and inside of the gutters and I, um, the way that he changed the entire style of yes. what he was drawing. Whenever he went to the, the, the much more, you know, I'll call it the economy of line style mm-hmm. where he goes away from the really pain, almost, it really is almost a painted look. I mean, oh, his, it's an Alex his, Ross his, look. His, his, I mean, pen, let's, his, let's oh. name names. I mean, that's what it was. He was riffing on Alex Ross. It, the pencils were so, so tight that, um, that, that Dave Stewart was coloring over and we can't forget Dave Stewart on Absolutely. this. Absolutely. But, but Whenever he changed up style, it took me about half that first issue to go, oh, my God, he's doing Mazzucchelli. This, well, is, this is Williams does Mazzucchelli. And that was the exciting thing, I thought, and it was something I brought up when I talked with uh, Greg Rucka about the book, was uh, during that origin portion of the story when um, the kidnapping is going on and the army breaks in to save uh, Kate and Alice. Um, when when you were seeing those army scenes of the colonel back when he was a soldier, I felt like it was a very Joe Kubert thing, mm-hmm. and literally you felt like there was this joke in at that moment of the kid of them stopping the kidnapping and and fixing everything. You had this like moment of a Joe Kubert character rushing into a Dave Mazzucchelli scene. It was yeah. like Roger Rabbit, where all of a sudden it's like that figure doesn't belong in this scenario. And further, it it supported the story because that's what was happening to Kate. Her safe world, her safe Mazzucchelli world was being shattered by the event of the kidnapping and the saving of, you know, her dad coming in to save her. And it's interesting that, you know, before that, all of the safeness that you're talking about just pretty much involved her mother and her sister yep. and herself. And then all of a sudden, you know, the parts, that, the parts that had her father in them 
were dark. Yes. Um, and yes. not because her father was dark, but just it's interesting that he didn't introduce them, introduce her father in any of those more comfortable and Absolutely. happy places. No, it was a different world, and there, that's why these like it's it's George Cassandra. Worlds are colliding. There are there are so many <laughs> comics out there that you know in this age of the movie option and you know what, what comics have kind of evolved into that a lot of time and it's not that it's bad, but I I think that too often comics read as storyboards for you know a pitch for a movie mm-hmm. and it just seems to be a style that that has kind of evolved and that that marriage of of comics with tv and movie and whenever you see someone like jh williams or you know jonathan hickman and you know, there's you know all these all these other folks that are the stuff that uh uh that mike costa was able to do uh, as a writer with gi joe cobra guys that really understand that comics it's made are made for its own medium it's yeah. not it's for comics it's well, not trying to tell a story with a handicap it's mm-hmm. it i mean it's an entirely different way to tell a story and you should Take advantage of all of the things exactly. that there's, it offers. There's a really, a really exactly. good series from Vertigo called Air. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy, right I enjoy Air. My only beef with that book. Can't live without it myself. <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> you get too much, you get too high. You not mean enough actual and you're going to die. Love is like oxygen. Little sweet. The second sweet reference this week. All right. But my only beef about that book is that in the flashbacks, the art didn't change. There was nothing, there was nothing in that book that that signaled that this was a flashback or a different time and it, unless you unless you knew that or went back mm-hmm. and reread it and said oh those parts are flashbacks there was there was no color palette change there was no change in artwork there was nothing that signified that that is I, I, th- I don't want to call it exper- inexperience on the artist's part, but I think that is not using the medium to its fullest. Right. And what J.H. Williams has done in Detective Comics is said, okay, there are these other parts of the story that are different in tone, yeah. they're different yeah. in feel, well, they're different and, in time, and, and we're going to use that. His different styles. Um, I thought it was really cool the way, you know, obviously speaking of the um, her memories of her past and how she became who she was, but even the part, like the very first issue that had... Um, current time all current time where she was when she was batwoman and where she was when she was uh katie kane yeah katie kate kane yeah um it i mean just the difference in style was astounding but i thought it was obviously you know her world is much brighter and lighter when she is herself or when she is kate kane um and much darker when she's batwoman but i just thought it was so cool then it it was more realistic when she was Batwoman. You know, like it was painterly and it mm-hmm. was, you know. That's true. And yeah. a very heavy line when she was in this the. This is the real person yeah, rather the than the, the guys of Kate yeah, Kane. she Absolutely. was, it, like the style, and like the monsters or I, Animorphs, I don't know what to call them, the werewolf people and yeah. various things. <laughs> um, even even they were, you know, more like uh, Wrightson-esque, you know, like very fluid lines yeah. and, um, and painterly and. I thought that was really cool, and then uh, also how the various the things that they showed um, as calm and collected as they were about her past, and how you know what she had seen when she was a child, and then um, her coming out in the army and that whole situation, and her reactions with her father and everything, and then her first meeting with Batman, um, and everything that came in between. They weren't they weren't 
uh, like spectacular. They weren't um, bizarre. They weren't like the normal. My normal reaction to superheroes is okay. I have to suspend my reality. It, it was. Sure. The, it was, um, the, it was, it was realistic. These, these amazing subtle touches. Snippets. Yeah. That, that, that were so in character because sometimes you can in comics or, or any any media where it's like okay the writer wants to say this and all of a sudden people can fall out of character yeah. and yeah, it's like yeah. you're, you're hearing the here's author's the speech. voice yeah. yeah here's the yeah. speech you're here's, hearing the here's author's the central voice idea. this was and um, in the first recording of this for <laughs> everyone out there because we've already talked about this once um um, Steve from the Comic Book Queers was talking about um, Kate's coming out, and 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 I hadn't even thought of it, but he said that was the the most Least well dramatic, done, yeah. most well mm-hmm. done, and and most um, real uh, resonant Genuine. coming out yeah. that he had ever read. And he's a gay man. It wasn't that, dramatic. That, there was no. no fight. There was no. You're not my daughter. There was no. Right. We don't want you in the army. There was just. Uh, we we heard a rumor. Um, you just deny it, and everything's fine. And she says, "Well, I can't deny it." Mm-hmm. And so that she, goes against the code and, yeah. and everything that and I so believe. And so she quits yeah. essentially. Right. Um, and then she goes home and she meets her father, and she, and he asks why she's not at the army anymore. And she says, "You know, they had heard this rumor, and I couldn't deny it." And he says, well, "Why couldn't you deny it?" And she said, "Well, because it would have been a lie." And he says, "That's fine, okay." And she calls it, him. You know, yeah. And, and, and honestly, not, if if I ever get into a, a into a don't ask, don't tell debate with someone, <laughs> it's like I want to exhibit A, Detective yeah. Comics. <laughs> this this is yeah. why you're right, you know? and that's and unlike other comics that I think have a address the gay issue it is the least preachy and it mm-hmm. is just very matter of fact yeah. and it and it was handled in a very adult way and, and it's her, a big relief the way that she reacts with her father the way that they interact with each other yeah. is so uh, as you were saying chris in the first evening of this <laughs> um is so you know like you know uh army superior and inferior like she calls him sir she calls him the colonel and you know and everything <laughs> is love. stoic it's so stoic yeah. Um, but it's you, but you never ever doubt not for one second right. that they are not um, father and a father and daughter and that that you know his his son and moon sets with his daughter now that yeah. that is yeah. his, that is his that wife. scene where he picks her up um, with her mother dead and her yes. supposed mm, sister yes. covered up yes um, the timing of that is amazing it is like it is in slow motion it it it. Uh, for lack of a better way to say, after we had the whole conversation about how comics is their own medium and should not be trying to be like a movie, but it is like a movie. I mean, like, oh. I watched it and I could see it happen before my eyes in slow motion. It was beautiful. And then, you know, the same situation that we just talked about with her coming out to her father in, you know, the way that she did, I guess. Um, it It is loving. It's, you know, it yep. it is how I would assume a very loving relationship with somebody who was raised in the military by someone in the military would be and well, and we talked we, t- we talked about we talked about the relationship of this you know the colonel and the cadet you know the the this military um, thing that they do and mm-hmm. that's that's their relationship and if he had dropped character and said oh honey you know what? I it, if it just makes you happy, then I'm happy. Yeah. And it wasn't it that it was, it was like well, yeah, it was, it was like well, character. you know. And, and instead, he's like, well, soldier, you 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 did your duty and you stood up for what you believed in. And they never broke from that for a second. I was like, yeah, okay, that these are people that live by the code, and the Abs- code still dictates their motivations yeah. and actions. Absolutely. And if then, there's a sticking of the landing, that was exactly. It. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> the way that you know often. Superheroes become superheroes. You hear their, you know, their origin story, and you're just like, really? Because I, I don't think that's quite how I would have reacted. But 
when they showed, you know, each issue covered a part of her life and the mm-hmm. things that happened in between. And at the end of it, you know, I thought, I think if I had been through everything she'd been through, I think I would have become what she'd become. Well, that's why. And I do think that, that J.H. has gotten his accolades for this book, and rightfully so. It's an incredible book. But what is the support and the foundation of this is Greg's story. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Chris and I give it up to Rucka all the time, and others do as well. But that's the thing. I really think these guys needed the time to draw that kind of story and write that kind of story. And and the end result is a book that will stand yeah. the test of and time. It, it was clearly well-planned. I mean, so yeah. often you get a book that you're like, it seems like they're writing it month to month. And this one, there was a story that they wanted to tell. They figured out the best way to tell it. And they found the best artist that could portray it. Yep. And, and really they the had best, all their ducks in a row. And the best writer, too, because Greg, Greg, writes, Greg writes women well. He, he is yep. an excellent writer of women. And, and it was... You know, they they forced that woman on us because of the buzz <laughs> of the news. They threw her into fifty two, and it was yeah. it was such a and you know just a clumsy debut. And it really was just like here she is, and you're like forcing her down your throat. And that character really could have been a misfire. Yeah. But luckily, this story now that it's you know they nailed it. Yeah, they totally nailed it. The only thing I would say is, and I kind of understand because the success has been so big. And it's so funny because DC won't, you know, keeps denying it. You're, we're going to get a regular Batwoman monthly. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's great news because Greg is going to be writing this. And obviously, I think JH will draw it as much as he possibly can. Mm-hmm. I don't know the full details on the art side. But I do think, again, we, when we're looking at Jock currently writing, uh, drawing the book, what a perfect artist to take over yeah. for JH yeah. Williams. Yes. If there, are, if there are two guys where I'm just like, okay. Designers, mm-hmm. art, art, <laughs> they are comic book artists who are also designers. And whenever I think of J.H. Williams, I think of those beautifully designed pages. And Jock, Jock brings a level of layout and design Gorgeous. that is just mm-hmm. unbelievable. I haven't seen the trailer yet for The Losers. Have you guys seen it? It, it just online. looks awesome. That's it looks great. <laughs> and I also hear that the casting must have been amazing because they literally look like it Jock's design. Looks yeah, awesome. Yeah. So was, I'm really excited to see it. I haven't read the book, but I just saw I saw oh, an man. ad for for the first trade, the re-releasing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I and I was looking at the trade, and I was like, holy crap, these guys look exactly the same as the actors. It looks aw- it is, That's awesome. It is. Imagine uh, just a. a 2000s version of every great government action dark you know black op conspiracy meets the A team and that well, is yeah. the losers it is yeah. so looks awesome and and really i guess you know the word is the reason why they're pushing the release date to the summer is they're like holy shit we got a good movie here we got don't a summer have to blockbuster. yeah we don't yeah. have to put it in the summertime or in the spring when you know the audiences are down it's good enough to really compete yeah. on on the summer playing field which is fantastic and um one of the reasons why i bring it up is because i, I want to uh, i want to mention two things you know the the TV show for the Human Target is out there. Love for it. me, the two, the, Love it. the really of the early two thousands, the Losers and the Vertigo Human Target were my two favorite oh, Vertigo Pete, series. Pete, Pete Mulligan's. I'm reading it, it right now. It was incredible, and um, and I'm and I'm so sorry because sometimes when I do come on around comics, I feel like I'm giving rebuttals to some things I hear on eleven o'clock. That's fine. Comics. It's all big one. And, <laughs> when you family. Well, no, I, and exactly. I know. I know. We. It's our hey, differences. Hey, in, and, in six issues, or in six issues, in six episodes of this, if you want to hear more of me, go exactly. To that's the to go it's 11 o'clock comics yeah. so but uh, i heard you mention this uh, new human target um, series that's based on the tv show did you like it i i did and, I, and i'll tell you why i completely agree with you um for fans of the peter milligan vertigo series you will be disappointed yeah. because this is a much more simpler character much like the television series is 
The good news is if you've got um, the ancient history that my gray hair and 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 reading and my and my weary eyes have reading the Human Target literally since it came out in the seventies, this is the Christopher Chance that Len Weed and Carmine Infantino and Dick Giordano gave us originally, and it's just a very simple action book, and it's unapologetically so, I, much like the television series. I love Len Wein. I mean, he's a, a the guy is responsible for. Wolverine, sure. uh, among a lot of other great things. I wanted to like the Human Target comic, the new one, sure. so much. But What it, was missing for you? That's what I didn't um, hear when you it, were critiquing it. It felt like a bad, discarded um, episode pitch for the, for the TV show. It, it, it seems like they're going out of their... Okay, everything that we just said about Detective Comics, yes. it, it hit the beats, it didn't feel forced, everything was in character, it's like that, it just felt right. I read this, and it's not that it's bad, it's not It's not that it's bad, but the story, it, it, it just, it, it's not, it doesn't have what it needs to have. It's like they're creating this ridiculous scavenger hunt story that doesn't, really make sense to me it just, okay. it just it just it doesn't feel like a really good script for me it was an action romp that was self-contained which was nice that some was good, nice to some, see some good character moments i i think very good character moments that tie in again with the series i yeah. would say i'm sorry i mean scratch it if if uh if you are a fan of the fox series i think you will be pleased if you are a fan of the uh idiosyncrasies of the vertigo series you will be disappointed because that is a much it's more different. complex it's, it's christopher different. chance it's different. Yeah. they couldn't there's have done a, that on tv yes there's yeah. a much more and also yeah the master of disguise thing would be very hokey if they yeah. tried it on tv like they used to try it in the 70s and like they did with the uh, rick springfield human target back where all of a sudden you know, where, where, 80s, he, where, where he looks exactly like the other guy because well it is the other guy and then all of a sudden it cuts scenes and then it's a really <laughs> rubber bad, mask yeah. it's a really bad rubber it's mask the mission, it's the mission impossible <laughs> thing it's martin landau in a bad rubber mask yeah. exactly but um, uh, yeah you know the the first issue it once again, not bad. I, I just felt like the the story eh, a little weak. Okay, um, could could have. It's like, come on, you, you could have done something really cool. I just feel like it's a very contrived story. This is well, this this is catering to the television audience, which I can't blame them. The good news They're is, dumb. but the good yeah, news is, no, it is. No, it is. It's a meat. It's a meat and potatoes action story. I kind of liked it. I thought it was fine. But I I always liked that version of Chris Jones anyway. Great, uh, Chris. Bauer. Chris Sprouse art in the back. Oh, I love, Absolutely. I love Chris Sprouse. The backup, story, Chris the backup story was a hoot. <laughs> the good news, by the way, though, is, and, and I know you mentioned this also in 11 O'Clock Comics, they are re-releasing the Vertigo stuff. Absolutely go out and check it out. It From is. the miniseries to uh, the original graphic novel, the final cut, and then on to the regular series, which lasted 30 issues. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. Edwin, uh, Edwin uh, Bukovic and uh, Javier Polito did the art. Peter Milligan uh, wrote the story. Wonderful covers from Tim Bradstreet, mm-hmm. and um, it continued in the regular Vertigo series. Seek this series out. It is one of the best things that came out in the early 2000s. It's sweet, cool. It's it's incredible, <laughs> and it's and it is. It's very complex. I have it. Yeah, yeah. But okay. uh, but honestly, if you're just looking for a very straightforward action story, and I have been lately. I even bought that crappy. <laughs> uh, and it was good. Um, I mean, I, I had no interest. I can't remember who the country star is supposed to be. But it's from 12 Gauge, and it was a good story, and it has awesome art from, uh, from oh, God, from New Orleans, uh, Cody uh, Chamberlain. Oh, okay, sure. And it's beautiful, but I can't remember. But it was just a straight-up kind of Western. Is it like Reba McIntyre? <laughs> no, but it's, it's it, a male version of Reba McIntyre. I don't know. 
but hey, the, the, the best, the Luke best Bashington. I can't remember what his name was. Something the best, stupid just like kind of like fun um, uh, action romp book I've read in the last couple of years. The Highwayman from Wildstorm. Yeah. Oh that yeah. Was, oh, that was no, that was great. Or even when um, Cobb uh, that Bo, Bo Smith uh, did with um, with the guy who's unfortunately sick right now. Um, and God, I'm blanking. Oh God, one a Beretto. Eduardo oh, Barreto and everything. Yeah, that's a. Uh, uh, he did uh, the art for uh, Andy's Union Station. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cobb was like that too. I like straight up action, and that's that to me is what Human Target represents. So I would say if you, if you're just looking for, you know, no superheroes, just just kind of fun action with, you know, an action adventure kind of hero and stuff. I think this is what you want. Cool. All right, well, before we wrap up here, I want to uh, uh, remind everyone about this amazing convention that is coming to uh, downtown Chicago. That's right. For the first time in over two decades, a national comics and entertainment convention is coming to downtown Chicago. Make your plans now to attend C2E2, the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, this April 16th through the 18th. Join thousands of comic book fans, creators, and celebrities for a weekend of fun and excitement in the city of broad shoulders. Special guests this year at this year's show include Alex Ross, Jeff Smith, Jeff Johns, Mike Mignola, Ethan Van Skyver, Gail Simone, uh, Mark Wade, Jenny Frizen. <laughs> Kyle Bice, yeah. awesome, <laughs> and, and hundreds more of your literally, favorite creators. Literally guests. hundreds more. Uh, I understand that over three hundred uh, creators will be in Artist Alley. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. the, largest, the largest. The uh, largest. Actually, M Mark Fitch from uh, from uh, Reed and C two E two was just here. We sat down with him. We had some audio problems and lost some audio, uh, so we'll recap a little bit of that. But yeah, he said it's going to be the largest Artist Alley. That, Another that, thing that he said that I think is probably important is that their intention was not to. Uh, make a con and try to sell it to Chicago, but to try to create the con that Chicago wanted to have. Which is why they keep coming back to Chicago and talking to the stores and yep. creators and the fans and saying, what do you guys want with this show? Mm -hmm. And also to really create its own identity separate for, from the excellent mm -hmm. New York show that they've been putting well, out and, in the last couple and of years. He said, and he said, and unfortunately you lost it, he <laughs> he and a couple of the other, Kim Mueller and one other, one other person took most of the Artist Alley people out last night for drinks. Yeah. Uh -huh. and, and mothers. And, yeah, and mothers <laughs> down at Russian Division. And, uh, you know, said, have some free drinks on us and let's talk, let's get let's some go ideas. Let's the bar that broke up Rob Lowe and Demi Moore in that one movie. <laughs> oh, about last night. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> mothers. David yeah, Mamet uh, classic, man. <laughs> Sexual diversity oh. in Chicago. That was the play. Uh, uh, Carl Sandberg wrote that. <laughs> Carl Sandberg wrote that. <laughs> ah, I was hilarious. drinking. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Tickets for the show are only twenty five dollars for a one day pass. So if you want to come in, if you're if you're here in the Chicago area, you want to make it in for Friday or Saturday or just Sunday, uh, you can do that for twenty five bucks. Sunday, uh, by the way, uh, 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 kids fifteen and under, fifteen and under, which is did he say fifteen? Yeah, yeah how about 15? that? Yeah, fit, no, no fit, he said fifteen. Wow. Fit, wow. Said fifteen and under with a with a with a paid with a paid uh, oh, yeah. uh, admission free pass. Uh, <laughs> Uh, get it free on Sunday. That was not your best. Right. Wait, I think Hank can go, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hank, Hank will be my 15-year-old. Uh, my son Hank. And it's, uh, it's $50 for the entire weekend. For a full list of guest events and to purchase tickets, visit C2E2.com. But wait, there's, there's more. more. <laughs> C2E2 and Funny every time. Uh, Around Comics, uh, iFanboy, Wordblend, and Tom vs. The Flash are all giving you a chance to win tickets and exclusive C2E2 merchandise before the big weekend. We'll be giving away one amazing VIP package, three weekend passes, five exclusive C2E2 posters signed by creator and guest of honor Alex Ross. Did Ooh, you, you have the, one? Did That's you gorgeous. see the poster? That's awesome. That's Crazy, nice man. It, it absolutely represents oh, that is Chicago. the oh, yeah. heroic age and Chicago. It's uh, literally beautiful profile shots of Iron Man, Thor, and the Hulk. 
all in a line. And, and the Chicago skyline mm-hmm. reflected mm-hmm. in Iron Man's armor. Gorgeous awesome. Alex Ross poster. It really is incredible. The Sweet. city of broad shoulders? Is that what we're talking about? Yes, the city of broad shoulders. <laughs> the hog butcher to the world, Jenny. That also are we, are we not the Windy City, city anymore? We are that, too. We're the second city. Okay. Hey, AJ Liebling. Oh, is it? Okay. That's who coined uh, the city. <laughs> you know why it's called the second city? Yeah, because of New York. No. 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 Oh. You just lost your Chicago no. street cred. No, t- you tell, no, you tell me yours and I'll correct you. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> because because the, your reason why it's called the conflict has been thrown down. burnt down. Oh, yeah. It was, it's really? called the Windy City because of the politics. No, no, the second, no, second city. city. Second City. Second, oh, fuck that. <laughs> well, that's, what that's what we're talking about. It's called the Second City because the, because, oh, I see. because the first one burned down. Because A.J. Liebling called it the Second City because it had an inferiority complex with New York, and I found that very funny. Well, fuck him. Wow. Oh, he was awesome. Great writer. Man. All right. Uh, very 15, funny. 15, I believe you, though. And 15 uh, limited edition C2E2 shirts, and also uh, your chance to... Uh, to win lunch with a Marvel editor. Uh, entering the contest is easy. Just visit www.c2e2.com forward slash around comics. Enter your name and email. That is all it takes. We'll be drawing winners from all entries on March 19th. Uh, stay tuned for more exciting news about our official C2E2 after parties it's be a blast. and uh, more ways to win tickets and exclusive merchandise by following C2E2 on Twitter at C2E2. No, this is going to be a great show. I yeah. it's be fun. And also, perfect time. <laughs> Timing because of all the announcements that have been happening yeah. in the business, mm-hmm. and I, I, you know, that's yeah. that's the other thing that Mark mentioned was that clearly uh, Chicago is back on the calendar of ter- in terms of breaking news, <coughs> and it's it's I would guarantee that a lot of big news will be broken yeah. here. You know, I, San Diego is always I, I think you know going to be the big convention, and that's fine because it is so much more than just comics, and, and mm-hmm. it's good to be you know, the big show, and I think New York, with its rich comics history and obviously the size of, of, of the metro area, the Certainly. regionally, mm-hmm. New York should have a huge comic show, but Chicago has a rich comic history too, and I, and I think that having them scheduled where they are, where it, it's, it's C2, C2E2 in April, it's San Diego in July, and then New York at the end of the year in, mm-hmm. in October, you have these great, you know, these three, you know, tent posts right. of, of conventions, mm-hmm. right. and and then you have all the other great regional shows to fill in in between and and do what they do best. Places like you know, Emerald City Comic Con and Heroes, and um, you know, all of the great regional regional shows out there. But Chicago, I'm I'm proud, and I'm obviously biased, but Chicago needs to be one of those tent posts, oh, convention mm-hmm. stops. The great thing about being in the spring too is um, one thing that Mark mentioned: they're they're still keeping things quiet in terms of. What kind of media and Hollywood presence mm-hmm. there will be beyond the comics? But obviously, with it being just two weeks before the uh, premiere of Iron Man two, yeah. right. there's going to be a lot of Iron Man uh, related Marvel stuff going on. So that's another reason to come. Out. An auction? And, did he say an auction? Did yeah, an auction for some yeah some Iron Man stuff. I think Man they're uh, auctioning off an Iron Man we should get working. A, should we like chip in and like buy a suit of armor? <laughs> working. Yeah. Awesome? I don't know if I want that. The, I don't, I don't know if I want the me, boots yeah. or the gloves. I either want well, to fly or, or blow up. Stuff. It's all yeah. going to be on auction. Nice. And so is. Scarlett Johansson. Sweet. Yeah. Really? Yay. Wow, that's like, that's like that uh, Robot Chicken episode. Can I be the geek that like buys Scarlett Johansson? Yay, how's it going? Well, the, and, and the, other, the other thing, of course, is that that is going to be the, the big blowout party to uh, say farewell to uh, to this year's yeah, show. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, so so come on town, come on into town and, and have fun with us as we uh, we say goodbye to uh, to Around Comics. Um, all right, I tell you what, we, we've got about uh, 10 minutes left. Uh, do we want, real quickly here, to talk about the big news in D.C.? 
at DC? Or yes, can... we do want that. Okay, cool. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, you know, <laughs> it, so much talk about it on the internet. I don't think that we need to spend a tremendous amount of time on it, but kind of our initial thoughts, because quite honestly, we don't know exactly what's going to happen. Right. Um, but uh, there were big announcements out of uh, DC this week in regards to their executive hierarchy at DC Entertainment, especially in regards to uh, the, the comic book division. I don't even know if they call it the comic book division anymore or, or what they call it. But, but John, you, you've been uh, obviously uh, with uh, your, your, your folks over at Newsarama ha- have been pretty, uh, pretty tied into this and even have, uh, I think, uh, uh, talked to some of the, some of the folks in, involved with it. Go ahead and break down, um, if you would, for us, what, what's going on at DC. The three big names at the top, obviously, are they, they've decided what they're going to do with the publishing role that uh, was occupied by Paul Levitz. He steps down. Dan DiDio moves up to a co-publisher with Jim Lee. And Which that is, was an interesting thing that, yeah, yeah I that's, crazy. Quite, that's, that's quite a yeah. promotion for Dan. Well, it is. And Jim. Yeah, I mean, and Jim, for oh, yeah. that matter, as well. Exactly. I mean, going from owning Wildstorm to going into business with DC to suddenly running DC, that's yeah. kind of interesting. And then Jeff Johns is the uh, chief creative officer. Mm-hmm. And, CCO. And it sounds like he, you know, as it was described in the thing, he will be, all three of them will be dealing with the big picture. The way they're sp- splitting up the publishing role is Dan will be handling the day-to-day stuff, and Jim will be a liaison to... Uh, the digital end, uh, not only in terms of digital comics, but also gaming, movies, television. Jeff will also play a role in that as well. Jeff well, will you still know, write. It's, it's like people have, have you know kind of talked about with the the holdup on All Star uh, Batman and Robin. Right. Now, Jim Lee's been working on the DC uh, the MMO. DC, yeah, the, that's. I think that has taken up a tremendous amount of his well, time. and that's the thing because I think people were wondering how it will affect both Jeff and uh, Jim's creative work. It sounds like Jeff is right away saying, "Lo, I'm still going to be writing comics. He'll still be writing Brightest Day. He'll still be writing Flash. He'll be writing Green uh, Lantern. Green Lantern. The Aquaman mini has already been announced. Yep. So I think Jeff will always have a big hand in what's going on. Uh, He's just not going to be writing 12 titles like he does now. Right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> but, but, he, but they also compared it. Title. They kind of compared it to what he's been doing with the Blackest Night event in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, Set the guiding. Stage. Yeah, what he did with Superman, too. But also with JT, yes, that's true. But also, like, you know, talking to guys like JT Krul and Greg Rucka, who are doing these miniseries, mm-hmm. and saying, these beats need to happen. Go write your story. Yeah. And, and that's, I think that's a great role for Jeff. Um, I also think that the good news is. That, uh, you know, we're, it is the synergy that I think everyone has been crying for and, and seeing more connection with Time Warner and, and getting a lot of these great properties exploited in the way that, yeah. you know, worked out so well for Batman. So this is yeah. all win-win. The, the big mystery is what's going to happen with Dan's old position as far as executive editor. And right now, that's all still being worked out, that all the editors are kind of talking. And I'm, I'm sure we'll hear some very interesting decisions of who will be running the specific, the Batman titles, the Superman titles, mm-hmm. et cetera. Uh, one one big question I think a lot of people had: uh, What happens to Karen Berger now? They addressed that actually, and and they said the good news and well, some people I think were disappointed that she wasn't going to get a more active role. Mm-hmm. But I think Vertigo is still its own animal, yeah. and as evidenced by things like the Losers coming out. Let's see what happens with the Losers movie because I don't think uh, Diane Peters, who's running the big mm-hmm. show for DC Entertainment, is going to ignore Karen, and I'm sure is going to be watching how some of the Vertigo things get exploited. She's got a great eye for, as we all know, uh, talent and and what would work for stories, and I think. 
the things that Vertigo is doing in the last two years as compared to its history have all been interesting moves. Things like Air mm-hmm. and, and all the different new series that have been yeah. coming out. Yeah. And, and, and the same goes with the inventiveness of Wildstorm. Everyone always credits Jim Lee for coming up with Wildcats and the various characters he did. But I would also point to those books that flew under the radar. Welcome, Welcome to Tranquility. Tranquility. Perfect mm-hmm. example. Yep. Uh, all those books that weren't being written by Grant Morrison or Mention drawn the by Jim Lee. The Highwayman. There you go. Uh, Winterman. 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 Exactly. <laughs> no, that's the thing. So all of Warren Ellis's... Oh, uh, Mysterious the Unfathomable. Exactly. Yeah. Red. You know, all those Warren Ellis miniseries from the early yeah. 2000s and stuff. All that stuff came from Wildstorm. So I think there's a good mix of, of, of creative ideas. And it wouldn't, again, fine. D, you know, Karen may not be involved with the DCU proper. Yeah. She's still carrying, taking on her corner of Vertigo. And I think everything's in good well, hands. It'll, it'll be interesting. You mentioned the executive editor position for, for, for DC. Because, you know, Karen, you know, I don't know if a lot of... Everyone points at Dan DiDio. Saying, oh, Dan, Dan is the guy at DC. Well, Karen Berger was very much... On the, on the, they're the, equals. Yeah, they were equal. Yes. Were, were, were. I mean, well, he's, they were equals. Yes. Now, now, Dan's is co published. Right, now, right, so. exactly. But I do think that, yeah, I mean, no, anytime someone would say, hey, can't we get Swamp Thing back in the DCU? Dan's answer was, no, I'm sorry, that's Karen's character now. Yeah. And and it is those kinds of things of no that's that belongs to Vertigo now that used to be DCU but you can't think of it that way anymore same with Constantine obviously mm-hmm. but yeah what do you guys what do you guys think of the news that you've heard so far I'm excited I mean I'm interested to see how it goes and I think it's kind of interesting to have co-publishers I don't know has that been a thing before no but again it, it sounds like they've divided the responsibilities clearly in that in that Jim is yeah. it's just sort of interesting to have two creative minds I think the, thinking the, about the, it. the Jim Lee move I think is really important because. He is already going in that direction. He was doing a lot of the multimedia, a lot of the gaming stuff. Exactly. And to actually give him a title and put him in charge of some of this stuff, I think, is is pretty smart on their part. Mm-hmm. Same goes with Jeff, too. I mean, that's the thing. You know, yeah. Jeff is going to be very involved with, with, with the animation. And, film. And, and, yeah. and he already it's, has Well, it's, it's kind of funny to see kind of the, the dry run that he did, you know, with the with Smallville, the Smallville JSA, and, uh, you know, the, that, the, the, oh, he's been involved with Green with Green Lantern. It's He's it, written a treatment for... The Flash, and he's one of the co-producers in the Flash film. He wrote a treatment for Shazam. He's also written a treatment for the Metal Men. I mean, really? that's the thing. Yeah, Jeff very quietly, while he's been writing the comics, has also been doing this film and TV work as well. His show running on Blade, which granted only made it the one season, but good. I really think yeah. by the end of the season, that show finally kind of found its footing. It yeah. was too bad that Spike... Yeah. You know, axed it, but that's the thing. You know, Jeff started with Richard Donner, and and came from television and film to begin with. And more so, film obviously with Donner. But um, I, I think the cool thing is too. This can we, is something can that we fans have been him? wanting. Can we clone him? <laughs> well, I, I think we're. The good news is, I think we're getting a lot of friends of Jeff writing books and that agree well, with Jeff's philosophy. We, we we kicked off the episode talking about Supergirl, and that Sterling Gates is is I think very much a Jeff Johns protege. Yeah, it was in, in a lot of the same ways that I think uh, you know Marvel has had like parent writer to co-writer and stuff i think jeff you know gave that relationship to sterling as well and now sterling is writing very good books on his own i think we're about to see dc's answer to marvel's um movies you know marvel kind of dominated the movies for the past couple years and now putting in jeff in this position yeah i I, definitely and also it's it's something that the fans have been asking for and i think that's important to point out outside of of the batman franchise yeah exactly you know literally you gotten that kind of you know jeff judge just write everything and like you even just said like can we we clone clone him and everything well we got the next best thing he has got an active role where he is actually running the store i think that's great Mm -hmm. and and also it will be very interesting to see what is announced as the years to come years come and months ahead because 
they're all like, hey, we're not ignoring digital comics. We have a plan. We're just trying to figure it out. And and again, Jim Lee is a guy that's you know very yeah. involved in that. So I think very interesting things are happening. I, I think I think DC has a very interesting um, uh, TV opportunity because Smallville's not going to last much longer. No. I think ne- next season, I mean, Tom Welling's going to be forty pretty soon. No so. shit. Um, <laughs> it's you know, it's he's like thirty two and he looks like he's thirty two. It's like oh, he's not he's not Smallville. He's not the farm boy. There, there's man. gonna there with the success of Smallville. I mean, a ten a ten year run. Yeah, it'll year be, run. next year will be ten years. There, there's gonna there's gonna be a void left there that I think that DC is going to bring sure. be, be able to bring something else and you can bet your bottom dollar that Jeff Johns is going to be involved in that. I vote for Gotham Central. Oh, me oh. too. We, oh, we were talking Gotham Central would be it would be they so toyed good. with it as you well, well know. You know, it was bir- in development. Bir- 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 Birds of Prey. If you remember that, that's what I was just Birds of Prey. Fucked over so many possible TV projects. Uh, it yep. was like this show, ratings-wise, stunk so bad. Yep. I mean, Gotham Central was being seriously talked about, but after that, like CW or WB, whatever it was, it's like we're not doing another Batman-themed show yeah. for a long time. I, well, did you guys all see Absolute yeah. Justice, the Smallville episode no. with the Jazz? It was awesome. It really was. I mean, there was. I'll admit, some of the dialogue was a little ham-fisted and it, it was a little over the top, but only in the in the same purview as, as Smallville. There's a dude fit. wearing a hawk. It is tough to make the Hawkman suit look realistic. And Michael Shanks, I'm a big fan of his. And I thought his characterization of Carter Hall was very good. That's the only reason I didn't watch it, actually. Really? Really? I saw saw a still of the episode online. uh, And it was Hawkman. It worked. And the still... And maybe it was just how they caught how they caught it that that actual moment, but it looked like plastic, and I was just like, oh, this well, good, well, the well, good news huh? though Doesn't was to counterbalance good. that, Doctor Fate. It was a great Fate take on awesome. Doctor really? Fate. Really, absolutely. It was wow. it, it was a cross between what you normally get from Doctor Fate plus the paranoia and the schizophrenia that John Jones was showing in Kingdom Come. Where it was a da- Kent Nelson is a damaged guy, yeah. and he only has his shit together when he puts the helmet on because when he has it off, the helmet is constantly whispering at him and huh. making him crazy. And it was <laughs> shut up, really. It was really neat. You sound me get my no, 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 no. <laughs> the helmet. Uh, put cool. your helmet on. What, what's what's the real stuff? One thing. No, 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 not at all. That's why you're here, John. Put on your um, Sundress helmet. What exactly? That's <laughs> like Doctor Doctor Sun Tell you about 1950s westerns. <laughs> Oh, well, of course, uh, Anthony Mann was your finest director. As Hank, I'm sure. I, I did think it was really, uh, it was kind of funny because, like, okay, John's being a comic book writer. It's like the big battle at the scene, or the battle scene at the end. It was like, okay, he wrote this as a comic book battle, and I'm sure at some point they got, okay, we don't have the budget for this. Oh, this, yeah. this whole scene is going to be in slow motion. <laughs> the good, but again, what I think is interesting is compare. The writing of Smallville and the few Easter eggs we got before the new producers took over, I think, does point to the fact, as you said, Kyle, I think that the good news is we are going to have more synergy between mm-hmm. the, the television and film side with yeah. the comic books because it's very clear they listened to Jeff. Yeah. They liked what Jeff did last year on The Legion, and it and it succeeded, and that's what made this two-hour film pot. And that's another thing you got to remember. It wasn't just an hour like last year. This is two hours. Yeah. I, I really think... They get it. I think they finally get it. And also because of the success of Dark Knight. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. have David Goyer, who was right there in the trenches, writing comics, writing Batman and stuff. They are listening. They know what and, makes these characters and as good. And much, as much as I hate to say it, because I don't think 
TV show is necessarily that good, but um, Heroes has shown that there is a mainstream audience out there for this. Yeah, that's yeah. True. Oh, I agree yeah. with that and, when it was and, done right. And when it was you, done right. And I want to continue that conversation next week because I want to talk to you about how viable a show like Gotham Central could actually be. Let's do it. All right, uh, let's wrap this. Uh, let's wrap this puppy up. Um, Ooh, good it, good it, cliffhanger for next week. Yeah. For the folks yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you would like to email the show, you certainly can by uh, uh, emailing us at info at aroundcomics.com. If you would like to uh, leave a voicemail, I think we do have some voicemails for uh, for next week, you can uh, do so by calling 1-888-977-5903. Uh, Jenny Frizen, uh, for people to find your work online. I'm on jennyfrizen.com. And I'm on jfrizen.deviantart.com. Are you Twittering yet? My friend, I'm not. Okay, good I'm for you. I'm frightened. Come on. I finally caved to Facebook. Find me on Facebook, and we can be pals. And then <laughs> I will tell my boyfriend that I have more friends than him, <laughs> and I will feel superior. <laughs> well, get on, get on the Twitter and yeah, uh, join the three of us. Exactly. Because, because you can follow John at oh. uh, John Word Balloon. And you can find the podcast at uh, wordballoon.com. <laughs> you can follow me at C. Neesman. Uh, you can follow Around Comics at, at Around Comics. You can follow Tom at, at Tom Caters. And Kyle? Uh, KyleBice.com. I'm on Twitter as well, but I spell my name with an I, so it's Kyle, K I L. E mm-hmm. B Y C E. Yes. Um, if I may, also, I just want to say because it, it'll be out the same week as this episode of mm-hmm. Rock Comics, uh, check out uh, the latest dish, esh, er, edition of Word Balloon because I'll have Art Baltazar, Franco Aureliani, oh, yeah, and Mike Norton. Oh, yeah. Our, oh, new, yeah. our new team oh, on the yeah, power man. of Shazam. And it is so <laughs> nice to have a Shazam book that will be an all ages book, but not a Johnny DC book. An all ages Shazam book that I think is inclusive to everyone. Yeah, and, and it's I've seen a lot of the art for this, and it looks beautiful. awesome. I knew you kids did. Oh, yeah. It's appropriate for me to curse right after you said all ages, <laughs> but it's effing sweet. <laughs> but no, I really, honestly, I think I think these three guys have figured out what makes Captain Marvel and the whole oh, Shazam definitely. family great. Nice. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Nice. Oh, and uh, a real quick shout out to uh, to Jeff Johns and Art and Franco. Uh, Wonderful issue t- of uh, Tiny Titans number seven. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Hilarious. Titans. Hilarious. So good. So good. Very cute. Very, very cute. So many just like little winks and nods to uh, comic, but you know, us adult comic book fans about about those characters, you know, giving, giving Connor crap about his, his, uh, uh, his clothes. And it's like jeans and a t shirt. It's comfortable. <laughs> so, it was it was great. It's it a super sweet. super boy return. Okay, um, uh, everyone, thank you so much for uh, for listening. We'll be back again uh, next Monday to continue our TV conversation, and talk about more comics and voicemails and all that. Uh, in the meantime, in between time, thank you, Kyle. <laughs> we'll be everywhere in and, and around, around comics. comics. Views expressed in the interviews or by guests of the show are solely those of the individuals expressing them and may not reflect the opinions of Around Comics. Any reproduction, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of Around Comics is strictly prohibited. All content presented in this program is the sole property of Around Comics, and this has been an Around Comics production. Copyright 2010. Ooh, yeah.